Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. In today's episode, I chat with Jessica Kobasi. Jessica is a photographer and a YouTuber and all around creative entrepreneur. Jessica has 1.6 million followers on YouTube where she shows a lot of her portrait work and wedding work. She is a portrait wizard and we get into a lot of that and how that started for her and how it's continued to be a staple in her photography style. We also talk about things like contracting and how to protect yourself as a creative. We get into her early days and how she got into the creative arts and what she's up to now. So without further ado, I want you guys to hear this and also Big shout out to Epidemic Sound because this is the first podcast that we got to use the Epidemic Sound Studio in Los Angeles. So we are really excited to be in there for more podcasts coming up. So without further ado, here is a conversation with Jessica Kobesi. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the dark room. Jessica Kobasi. That's me. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. It's been fun already. So you are a very, very talented photographer. I don't know if you knew that or not, but I've been following your work for a long time. So I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Thank you. For sure. So when I first saw you out on the interwebs, it was with a video where you were taking three other photographers to a place. No, it's four because it's four photographers, but you were one of the I photographers. one of them, yeah. So three and then you. Uh, you were taking them to places where you were shooting the same model, the same place, the same staircase. And then you were looking at like how everyone's shots just end up so completely different, right? Yeah. And I feel like you do a lot of cool videos like that as well. Like on YouTube, like you have a bunch of different things like where you shoot strangers, which is so weird and awkward and awesome and crazy. Uh, you shoot strangers, you shoot in like ugly locations, you shoot the same places, same models. Like it's so cool because you show this awesome uh, way of like how we're all like the same and we're all like doing these things where, you know, like we're all, we're all one, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like we're all out there with the same gear and the same this and that, but everyone is so different stylistically. Like what was some of your early approaches to like putting out videos like that? Like what were you trying to show your viewers and like show people? Well, I think the, f- the first thing was just trying to get more of the community together because I feel like we're somewhat divided at times. Mm-hmm. A lot of us just see other photographers as competition. And I, I think there's enough work to go around for everybody and we should support each other. So it was kind of like bringing the community together, meeting new photographers. Like the, if you think about it, these challenges are a way for people to meet each other and to work with each other. Whereas what other excuse would you have to work with another photographer? Not really that many, you know? Right. yeah. So, um, yeah, I met some of my closest friends through photo shoots, the models that I work with, other photographers, and it's just been really great. And I, it, it's, it truly is about showing different perspectives mm-hmm. through the lens of another photographer. Because sometimes we just think of photography as like, oh, she's just pressing a button, but it's how you pose the model, what kind of outfit you put the model in, where you know you have the model placed, the mm-hmm. lighting that you like to use. Every photographer is so incredibly different. Yeah. That it, it, the only way to showcase this is to visually see it. And so I thought, hey, let's make this into like a fun challenge and kind of add like a competition, you know, edge to it. Yeah. So people can give their input and see which one they prefer and they like because everyone's different. For sure. 
So I just changed headphones mid midway through you talking. We're like, what is he doing? I got these new headphones and they like, there's something like they're so good that it's just like, where am I? It's like, I'm in like a weird, like, like sensory deprivation tank. I'm just like, oh my God. You're like, I don't want to hear just Jessica's voice. (laughs) Let's not do that. Um, But going back to what you're saying. So I think that like you feeling like that and wanting to show all of that, at least to your viewers and people like just getting into photography is like super important because a lot of people that are just starting out, they see videos of people that have like already completely done it. They have all the gear in the world. It seems so unattainable, but like what you do is you really like make it so simplified that it's like, yeah, like you can get a camera, whatever you want. Like you can find an ugly location or you can go up to a stranger and talk to them and shoot. So like what you're doing, I feel like is the most important thing when it comes to people like learning and like wanting to do this for like a living, you know? Yeah. And it's really about pushing yourself. And I do a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do for the YouTube videos and the, and the challenges. And I think it's coming out of my comfort zone Yeah, and showing people that, Hey, it is possible. Somebody like me, I feel like at times, like I don't want to socialize with people. Like I just, I get nervous and I have anxiety and mm-hmm. I, you know, I've been rejected so many in different countries at this point, you know what I mean? With yeah. the strangers, going up to strangers in different countries. Yeah. So it just shows you that, you know, just the average person is able to do this with whatever gear that they have, because I, I didn't grow up with that much. You know, my family immigrated here from the Middle East. And so it's not like I had all this fancy gear and, right. you know, professional lighting and a, prof- you know, professional sound and everything to do these videos. It's just like me with my simple ideas and like, yeah. So it's just fair. It's everything just is just from from scratch with me. I learned from scratch and and I just feel like some people can relate to that because some people don't have it all. Like they don't have like assistants and professional retouchers. So I just want to I really want to show that side of photography that is not shown like the non glamorous fun side of it. Yeah. And uh, just to show that. Anyone can do it with For some sure. hard work. So when, like, when did you first start shooting, or when did you first even start just like becoming creative? You know, how did that all start? Oh gosh, you got time? How much yeah, time we got here? Yeah, we have here? time. Whatever you want. <laughs> well, I've I've always liked drawing. Growing up, I would draw comics, and then I would like scan that. I would like put them on like. What is it like a copy machine? Oh, yeah, it's been so long. I know. Put them on a copy machine. I would like make yeah. copies and like give them out to my family. No like, way. Here's my Here you comic. go. Here's issue number one. <laughs> Seriously, that's so funny. And then I got yelled at because I was using all the paper in the copy machine. Yeah, but yeah. you didn't hear from me. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know what happened to the paper. Oh so. man, I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the people at the school that I use the copy machine, but <laughs> <laughs> I used to draw comics and I was kind of always into art. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into. A website called Neopets. Have you heard of it? No, it sounds like Chia Pets. It's no, it's really. Wasn't not. Chia Pet? It was like that little, it was like a little tiny thing you With put the, in a keychain. It was oh, like a little game, right? Chia, Wait, no, Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. I'm so out of touch. Oh my god. So I was. What, what, is that what those things were? Like the little tiny ones? Like there's like love three Tamagotchi. pixels. Those are fun. I know. I think mine like didn't make it, but I don't know. Are those are those back now? Those are going to be bring back, it back for sure. They'll but no back. one's going to do, you know, it's not touch screen. Like, no, come on. No, you know I know. I mean? But it's so hipster. People I know. love that. Yeah. Well, we like, I grew up with it. You grew. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're probably the same age. I grew yeah. up with it too. I was wearing Osiris's. Remember those big shoes, like the big tongues? Did you guys have that in Detroit? Wait, you grew that? up in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So the, these are shoes, these Osiris shoes, that's the name of the, like, the skate shoe. And oh. if you were a male, 
the year that I was living in this time, like 1998 to 1999 probably, you had to wear those. Like you had to have your parents go to the van store, whatever, not van store, but like the skate store. And they had the biggest tongues. Like, you know how people used to stuff their tongues? No. Oh my know. gosh. I gotta go. Listen. Oh, uh, this is such like maybe a California thing then. I'm, for sure. I'm Arab, so I don't know. I probably missed that boat. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. So. Like the big tongues. Like if someone's listening and they're around like late 20s, early 30s, like I am, they'll know the big old skate shoes with the big old tongues. Girls were wearing them too. Oh, Everyone wow. was. I yeah. Used, I, we used to just yeah. wear like Adidas slippers because, you know. Yeah, those are cool too <laughs> now. Everything is back for I know, sure. So I weird. Know. I should have kept it all. We did. I know. We but I was eight. Like, we could have like been millionaires by now. We could have like sold it. Sold it all. Yeah. I just saw that someone uh, is selling. What is it like three Pokemon cards for no ten Pokemon cards for sixty grand on eBay? Listen, there was not a better Pokemon trainer than this girl right here. You were. Oh, I was obsessed. With really? Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I so, used to like have a mint Charizard and Bulbasaur and like those originals just went for sixty grand ish. It might be more. We need I don't a know. time machine yeah. right now. Uh, my my Pokemon. My I had a gold Charizard card. Yeah. It was stolen. Oh my god! Somebody stole it. That's probably so the guy that just sold it for sixty k. Probably. Listen, I'm gonna. I'm on to you, sir. Um, I had. Oh my gosh, Mew was my favorite Pokemon. I was obsessed. Isn't he the one that kind of looks like Gumby? No, what? <laughs> I don't know. One. I know Snorlax. Wait a minute. <gasps> Snorlax is so okay. cute where he blocks the roads and stuff. So I realized this recently when I was with uh, some buddies and we were talking about the Pokemon Snap game where you took pictures. Did you ever oh. play that game? Yes, I did. I think that's the reason that I'm a photographer. Deep down, Ooh, I cool. think that that's it. That game was so cool. You would take pictures of Pokemon and you'd be on like a train or like on foot and you'd see Snorlax sleeping on the side of a mountain and you'd have to snap him and you got points for how good your shot wow, was. Wow, what was that stop there? The, oh gosh. I, I was, like, was, it was like, Yeah, it was like probably for sure that. it was. But you didn't have a camera, it was with a controller. But I don't know if you played that game. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did. But anyways. Uh, that's shit. a really cool story actually. We should talk about Pokemon. <laughs> that's that's the cooler story than me. I'm, I'm over here like I use the copy machine and then you're like, well actually I played a Pokemon snap. Well, I figured that out recently. I worked at a department store that sold cameras at Circuit City. Remember that place? I worked at Best Buy. Did you? You were twins. Uh, what what department? I worked as a, a, a like cashier. Like a cashier in the yeah, front? Yeah, I got yelled okay. at a lot. Did you get yelled at? I did. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, me too. They said, do you want to be a cashier or work in the camera department? And I said, camera department. And then they oh. also had me sell laptops, which goes to show like don't trust anybody there because they just, actually don't know. Yeah. We, did you know? Yeah. Oh, oh I, I had no idea. <laughs> I was slanging so many laptops too. They're like, you get ten dollars every laptop you sell. I was like, sell a hundred a day. Okay, sis. Um, yeah. let me show you this. Uh, it has a power button here. I know? would read the things. They'd be like, so what is this? Five hundred and twelve gigabytes, like full storage. And I'd look at the <laughs> sign and be like, yeah, that and three point mm-hmm. four gigahertz processor. They'd be like, dude, wow. you know your stuff. Wow. I was just reading off the thing. Yeah, but anyways, so okay, so you're you're drawing comics. You're giving them to your family, and then you get in trouble because you use too much black ink. And the papers. I'm sorry. And the I papers guess papers were really expensive back. I don't know. Yeah. The yeah. copy paper. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's cheaper, but then it was yeah. a lot. Yeah. So then that you was started my bad. like when did you when did you first realize that you might want to do like visual art? Well, I was on Neopets. Um being on Neopets, I got into making guilds. And they're basically like exclusive clubs where people join and you like make graphics and you it's just like a club where you just, it's like a message board. Uh-huh. Message boards were really big back then. I yeah. mean, I had, and people, and you know, we all had websites back then. Like me and my friend, like me and my online friends all had our own websites. I mean, it's totally different than yeah. what's on the internet now. I used to literally code my own website from scratch. Oh, it's crazy. I used to have um, 
like an FTP program, upload mm-hmm. all my files, CSS documents, JavaScript, all of that, style sheets, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely like a different, totally different internet culture back then. For sure. So um, Neopets was definitely like huge. You know, you had your own pet. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, there was the guilds. It was like a diff- different aspect of Neopets. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really was interested in. And to have a guild, you would need to like attract people with, with like graphics and, and like nice layouts and all that stuff. So you would need to know graphic design. Yeah. And so I did, I had no idea how to even, I remember asking my uncle how to save like a GIF. I was like, how do you do this? Because I wanted to make a logo and to upload the logo, it needed Mm -hmm. to be one of the extensions like PNG, JPEG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And in the beginning, that stuff is like Spanish for sure. Oh yeah. I was like, what is this? Unless you speak Spanish, but you know what I mean. That's not one of the languages that I only know two languages. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I had to upload a logo. I had no idea how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I went on a website called Lisa Explains. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Do you know? Is it this oh girl Lisa? Gosh. Did she tell you things? It's like yeah. Ask Jeeves? It, it was It was like, oh, I remember from that website. It was like a muted yellow color. It was like, um, uh-huh. oh my God, how do I describe it? It was just like a website detailing how you do basic things like use... Um, like CSS. It was mm-hmm. like basic website coding, like mm-hmm. teaching you how to do it, teaching kids how to yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, Because it was so popular But back like then. real coding. Like remember MySpace, you'd have to code a little bit to like do things to your profile. Were you on MySpace? I'm ashamed to say I was. Of course you were, <laughs> 100%. But do you remember like how you yeah, would code yeah. a little bit there? Was it more intense than that? It was more intense because yeah. it's basically from scratch. Okay. You have, you, yeah. you're starting with a blank document. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, I was making websites on like GeoCities, Angel Fire. Oh my God, we're we're going back to the yeah to the old the ages, stuff, you know? Yeah, sure. the early early stuff. So, um, anyways, Neopets. Yeah, I had to make a logo. Then, then I after I'm, I I did the logo, I felt so accomplished with myself. I'm like, wow, I I made a gift. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Wow, let's celebrate. Yeah, it's hard. And then after doing that, I kind of moved on to the actual layouts of the guilds, and. And so I just kind of learned. My my dad bought me Paint Shop Pro Eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's kind of what changed everything. I it's it, so Paint Shop Pro Eight PSP. It's like Microsoft Paint. Oh no, it's not. Is it different? It's like, yeah. It's like, okay. Think of like a I baby. Love Microsoft Paint. Love Is, Microsoft. Didn't they discontinue it? Well, yeah. We're R. talking R. like Can eighteen we have a years ago. No. What do you mean, MS Paint? When I discontinued it. Oh, my like, God. I used to do it all the time. No, but they actually discontinue it? Yeah, I That's think so. Sad. That's really sad. We miss you, MS Paint. We please do come, miss you. Please come back. Thank you, guys, for everything <laughs> They bring did. it back just because of this. <laughs> yeah. um, so, pro, MS, no, Paint Pro. PS, PSP. Yeah, PSP. Paint Shop Pro, Paint Shop pro okay. was like a baby version of Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it did a lot. Like, it had a lot of adjustments and everything. Right. Um, I never used Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So, I started out with Paint Shop Pro and started making graphics, started using text and everything and it was so much fun I mean I was just like obsessed with it yeah and I was making very basic layouts I still have a bunch of them actually Mm -hmm. and so I would make the graphics for my guilds and then actually funny story I actually became super I guess people like I I became famous on that website okay like not like not even like I was famous on that website yeah Um, my guilds would um, get like so many members in a day like Three, four hundred people would be joining, which is like a really big deal. Yeah. And I was, I became famous on that website for my graphic design and my guilds. So yeah. I was like known on that website. And it so was that was so your crazy. first taste of like, oh, yeah. people like the stuff that I do on here. I was like 13, 14 years old. And That's nuts. Yeah. I had people literally sending me, it was called Neo Mails. Uh-huh. So whenever I opened my guilds, 
everybody, like if there was another competing guild out there, everybody would leave that guild and then come to my guild. And so I'd get angry messages from people from the other guild, like because of your guild, you know, everyone oh left my, my guild. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> sorry that I just opened up my guild. I'm yeah. sorry. So I would get like some angry messages from like other people. And um, it, it became like a whole culture on that website. Basically, it was all about design. And we had some amazing designers on that website. I have mm-hmm. to tell you. I mean, we were like 14, 15 years old. But I got to tell you, I mean, the talent on there, I think it just flourished because we were so like heavily focused on designing and making the best layouts possible that we, we just created like our own little internet home on there and it was... So crazy. And I made so many good friends on there. That's and nuts. There was like message boards on there. And mm-hmm. I, I became obsessed. I was addicted to that website. Yeah. And then I, because of because of Neopets, I actually opened up my first website. I opened up. I, yeah, open. Here we go. <laughs> I made my and first. open. <laughs> it's kind of true. It's like, yeah. I opened up a website. Yeah. So I made my first website. Uh, it was called, oh my God, what was it called? I don't even remember what it was called, to be honest with you. But it was... Um, I think it, I think I just started with swim chick. That was my like I was a swimmer in yeah. middle school, and I was like really proud. That of was it. the name of the site. Swim chick. Yeah. Because my my username on Neopets was xswimx. Okay. Because I'm like yeah. a swimmer, mm-hmm. so I was like obsessed with that. Was like my one sport that I was good at. So I'm like yes, yeah, yeah, you know swimmer. What I mean? like, swimmer I'm so unique and whatever. Yeah. So um, I made my website swim chick. I was actually hosted by somebody else. They okay. gave me like a slash. Jet, like a slash chick. thing, yeah. I didn't have like my own website because mm. I had no idea how to use it. I didn't have a credit card back then, you know. Yeah. I was like 15. Yeah. I shouldn't have a credit card. Yeah, I exactly. shouldn't have a credit card. You shouldn't be able then. to go buy a website when you're <laughs> yeah. 15. 100%. So yeah. um, it, was, it, was, it was just harder to do those things like, mm. you know, purchase like credits for a website or like, you know, gift yeah. cards. Everything back then, like in terms of like credit cards, like my parents are, my parents are Arab. They're not going to be giving me their credit card. Like, here you go, sweetie, go buy yeah. a website. Like, no, no exactly. it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So I got, I had somebody else host me. Mm-hmm. I made my my website, and I um and you know because of Neopets, everybody kept asking me like, oh, how did you get this effect on your layout? Like, how mm-hmm. did you do this text effect? How did you like do the sparkles on your layout? And so I got so many of these questions that eventually I just started writing tutorials like step by step how I did it. No way. And so were you just doing this all on your own, or did you know oh, that this was like a thing that people did? But at that time, people weren't doing it, right? Well, here's the thing. No, it was extremely popular. Like, I remember some of the biggest, like, people like me and you, like, Mm -hmm. all, like, teenagers had their own websites and they were offering resources and and layouts and textures and and people would, like, offer their favorite typefaces on their website. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember all of these things. Um, LiveJournal was really big back then, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was just, again, it's just a whole different internet experience than it is now. Yeah. What we what we as teenagers were interested in back in, you know, the, the early 2000s is so much different than what we do now. You know what I, I mean? Know. Yeah. So, but no, there was definitely so many people who had their own websites, mm-hmm. you know, were releasing their own textures. And it was kind of like you knew who the popular kids were in terms of like everybody else's website. Yeah. Um, my website actually, um, when I did get my own um, website. It was a .dot net. Mm. I ended up getting mm. my own eventually, and that also took off. I mean, it was it was a pretty popular website. I would say. I mean, I don't think I realized how popular that it was. Yeah. I was getting so many comments on my. I would write little blogs like, "Hey, this is my day at school." You yeah, know? yeah. You like, couldn't make any money off this, right? I did. You did. I did. At what age? I was like fifteen, making money from this website. Oh like, my god! I was making my own money. I set up. 
So how I did it was yeah. um, I had advertising. Like mm-hmm. people would pay me to have their like little buttons. We yeah, had buttons. it'd be like a click through. Like how many exactly. clicks you got? They'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll give you this amount. So it was like $3 like a month to have your your button on my website on the, like the sidebar. How many and so people it would rotate. Had, oh my I mean, how much money? Okay, well, how old were you? I was 15. How much money were you making? I think I was making like three, $400. A I month? I, I would say like a month. Okay, Not, that's I mean, awesome. That, that's for great. For 15, that's a lot of money. That's a lot. That's it's like a, allowance times 10. That's yeah. like legit. Yeah. I was making like, I mean, it was like a couple hundred dollars. I wouldn't, like nowhere, yeah. nothing crazy. Your parents still, are probably so confused. I know. My like, parents what? are like, how did you get that? How are you getting money sent to you in the mail right now? I like, it was PayPal. <laughs> it was PayPal. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Jessica, that's a new shirt. Where yeah. is it from? Yeah. Um, but no, I would actually just... Like I would buy, like I was, I don't know, I, it was just a different experience back then. And I was, I was starting to become a business person Mm -hmm. way back. You know, when I was 15, I was thinking about how can I make money from this, you know? But it was very, it was very subtle, very simple. I mean, Mm -hmm. that other people did it. So I was like, okay. It was normal. You're around it. Yeah. yeah, It was totally normal. Mm -hmm. So after my website, um, I, I was entering college and I kind of just stopped going on Neopets. Like mm-hmm. all my friends were leaving that website. It was kind of sad. Yeah. I still feel kind of sad about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. People were leaving. We were growing up and it didn't interest us anymore. Mm-hmm. And then YouTube. Yeah. YouTube came. So that was, for you, that was in 2013. If I go back a lot, wow. that was like in the very beginning of like you putting out videos. But yes. Before that, were you doing anything else on YouTube? I was making videos, but they were like comedy videos. And I was just being like a teenager making like... Yeah. I was like sitting in my room talking about like how weird yeah, my yeah. school is. That's and- my background too. <laughs> just like putting out making stupid fun of- sketches <laughs> and like dumb comedy That was videos. just not funny. Yeah. yeah. Mine wasn't... Yours was probably funny. No. Mine was just not funny. <laughs> no. So that was your first like taste of YouTube and like taste yeah. of like putting out like video content and like yeah. getting reaction from people. So, yeah, I stopped going on Neopets as much, and then I got so busy with college, I I went to art school, so mm-hmm. um, went to college in Detroit, and I was super busy with that, so I just kind of didn't have time to update my website, which was really sad because I've had it for so long, and it was yeah. kind of like my internet home, and in a way, I was kind of abandoning it. Mm-hmm. But at the, you know, at the time, you just don't think about it. You're, go- I was so excited to go to college. I was making all these new friends and doing just doing all of these new projects at yeah. school, and I didn't think about it. You know, you, you I look back at it now, and I just, it, it's like I said, it's, you just miss it, and you don't really know what you have in the moment. You just kind of like, oh, let's go on to the next thing. Right. But, so. Um, so what came first? Was it video or photo? For you. So it was definitely photo. Uh huh. So. We'll, I mean, how I kind of got into photography was I was on Facebook and all these, all of my friends were posting like the photo shoots that they had done by the other photographers in my city. Like people were getting married. Mm-hmm. You know, in my culture, they get married a little bit younger. Some some people get married a little bit younger. Right. So everyone's like posting like wedding pictures or like engagement pictures. I'm over here like eating chips, like watching <laughs> like right. dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Living <laughs> you your know? best life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a good show, by the way. It's a great show. Doug and Skeeter. I was talking to my friend yesterday about that. So, <laughs> so remember, do you remember when Doug moved to like ABC or whatever? And then so it, it went off Nickelodeon, and then it moved to a different tragedy, station, and tragedy. it just like went into the dust. It, God, it's so good. And then Doug's voice changed. I know, what like halfway that? through. No, you know who who else uh, voice changed that was like detrimental to my childhood what? is uh, Rocket Power. Oh, Rocket Power that? was so, of so, course. So one of the kids, especially, maybe he just hit puberty, but the redhead kid, I forget his name, but he wasn't the main kid. He was his friend, like his yeah. best friend. 
and his voice changed and my brain exploded. I never watched it again. You can't I watch it after it. that. I couldn't I can't do the they gotta be better with that, you know? They can't just yeah. do that to us like midway, like mid season. Yeah. Like totally spies. They change all their voices. I'm like, why? I didn't watch that. Oh, no. it was a cool show. No. Is it like Powderpuff Girls? They kind of like it, right? It's, yeah, they're Wait, like detectives. It? They're like yeah, detective yeah, spies. Yeah, yeah. And they're like super cute, like yeah. Oliver and all of them. No, I watched like Angry Beavers. Uh, oh, dog. The, yeah, Angry Beavers, Cat yeah. Dog. Cat Dog. Oh, Cat Dog's the Johnny best. Bravo. My mom didn't Johnny let us Bravo. watch Johnny Bravo. Yeah, yeah really? <laughs> Never. Every time no way. she'd come downstairs, we'd have to like, change it. Was that it. Johnny Bravo? He's saying bad things. I know. They're yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. The TV. Yeah. And there's another show we weren't able to watch The Red Guy. What's this? The two, like oh, the, the two, skinny Ren and Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy. Oh, yeah. that was a weird I show, though. I couldn't even get into it. it was I just a didn't understand. Weird show. It was weird. It's too yeah. weird. I, I miss mean, those old shows. Like Courage the Cowardly Dog. I mean, yeah. Cartoons are, like are weird bad. now. Yeah. But we're just older, so I'm sure kids are like, yeah, these cartoons are normal. What do you mean? But like, they're just too, like, they look too good. I want to see some, go. like, like, you know, just some, like, crappy, like, Microsoft Animation. Paint looking, <laughs> like, characters. I do. <laughs> You know? Do you see like the new shows for kids now? It's like it's you can weird. see their pores. Like they're just like cartoons yeah. and you can see like every speck on their I'm like, yeah. calm down. Like Jimmy Neutron was the first of that caliber, I yeah. think, where it got good. But we were like, yeah, we're oh, like, we can yeah. try this out. Sure. Yeah. And then from there, like it just it escalated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. My niece has grown up now. They like if it's like actually they still like watching cartoons, like some old yeah. school cartoons, mm-hmm. but I just feel like it's a different time. It's way different. We're lucky. We got the good There's, stuff. And my sure. niece will go up to the TV with her finger, try to like, sw- I'm like, girl, it's not such a thing. <laughs> Stop. Oh, no way. Well, That's crazy. The ki- it's the generation The now. weirdest things are touchscreen. You won't even expect it. No, they just go up. Little kids now, they just like go yeah. up to stuff, start touching it. Think it's, I'm like, sweetie, it's not yeah. touchscreen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> back I'm sorry. To, I no, we got sidetracked. We were talking about important things. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, jumping into, we were talking about how you started first shooting. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's why I'm here to talk about. Okay. Yeah. So when you first picked up a camera, like what? What interests you, or what? What do you say? Interested? What interested you? Does that no? What? What? How do you? How How did you you become interested? How did you become interested uh, in photography? But beyond that like what was the first types of shots that you were like trying to capture and take anything everything so yeah um let me think for a second i'm like i have to like go into my vault my memory yeah. vault and like pull out the files you know yeah. uh for photography how i started remember how i was talking about my website swim chick yeah mm-hmm. so i used to make layouts for that as well i was a busy girl on, on the internet i'm making layouts yeah. for my guild layouts for my website so the layouts for my my website actually came. I used to use fashion magazine scans. Cool. So the people who had like live journals would upload like fashion scans from mm-hmm. like editorials, and I thought they were so cool. And so it was kind of like the trend to use those scans of people's photography of like f- celebrities and stuff like right. that. Yeah. Um, to make these layouts, and so I would literally get like an editorial of like. I don't know, like a cele- like Britney Spears or something, like a photo shoot she did. Mm-hmm. I would cut it out, make a collage, put brushes on it, That's put cool. some text. And so that was my first kind of experience with fashion editorials. Mm-hmm. But it was through graphic design and it was kind of like, I didn't really think twice about it. Yeah. But then after, like I said, I was on Facebook looking at um, people's like, professional photography I kind of got a little bit interested I'm like oh that's kind of interesting like photography Mm -hmm. like I kind of thought to myself I wonder what I could do if I tried to do this you know Mm because I loved editing 
I loved using Photoshop because at that point, I think a couple of years later, I actually started using Photoshop instead of PaintShop Pro. Yeah. All my friends were using it. It was mm-hmm. very like it was like the the cool thing to do yeah. to use Photoshop. Like, oh, are you using Photoshop? Yeah. Oh wow. And I was always scared yeah. to use it because it's so complicated. It's crazy. Yeah. I it was still scared. Is. Like, it still is really hard. Oh. Yeah. 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 Was, I th- yeah. I think so. It yeah. Is. You're it like is. I mean. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, being a, I'm like being like oh it's not complicated. It's so hard. I mean, it's not that it's hard. It's that when you learn what you learn, like that's great and it becomes easy. But there's so much more you can try to learn and it's never ending so it's like a complex program it's very tough but i don't use it that much i use lightroom all the time for everything so anyways so you're using photoshop you're getting good at it and you're like maybe i should start shooting this stuff yeah well actually i was just interested in editing the pictures because i love using color adjustments so that was really what i was interested in color adjustments yeah but me i'm the type of person like I need to own the entire image. Like I want to be the yeah. creator of everything, you mm-hmm. know. So that's how your life is too. I just, I, I just, how do I say this? Like I wanted to make sure if I'm going to put work out there that it was 100% mine. It wasn't like, oh, somebody else retouched this yeah, yeah, or yeah. somebody else yeah. took the picture. For sure, it's so, all through you. Yeah, it's through Justin. me. I wanted yeah. to just, I wanted it to be just all me. Mm-hmm. So. When I started, I was like, okay, I really want to edit pictures. I think it's really fun, but I guess I'd, I mean, I have you to take, the, pi- I have to take yeah. the picture. I guess I'm just going to have to learn. Yeah, it's interesting that that was kind of what first got you into it is wanting to edit and like put it together before yeah. actually snapping. Yeah, actually, one of my friends came up to me because she knew I was interested in editing and retouching. I told mm-hmm. her about it and she's like, well, she's a photographer. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, you know, like I can get you a job. You can edit my pictures if you want. I kind of just, I wasn't, I kind of just thought about it and I'm like, do I really want to do that? Like, mm-hmm. what, like, would I be able to edit somebody else's pictures? And care. It, the way that they, like, I, I felt like some pressure, you know, because it's somebody else's work. I want to make sure it's good enough. Like, yeah. how do I know it's good enough for them? Right. So I just kind of got worried. And so I'm like, okay, wait a second. I need to take a step back. Maybe I'll just like take my own pictures and, and just edit them and just go from there, you know? Yeah. Because then I, I know what I'm dealing with, you mm-hmm. know? So that's kind of what gave me the idea to take my own pictures, I guess. And so I literally, me, me and my dad went to Costco, I think, and then had no idea what I was doing. It was the first camera that we saw. I think it was like, oh my God, five, six hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh my God. That's I mean, a lot too. It's For a first one? Yeah, you definitely. know, and here's the thing. Like I was going to end up paying for it. Like my dad was, my dad put it on his credit card. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like, I'm going to pay you back. I was like... Yeah, you had all your website cash. Just falling <laughs> out of your did pockets. did I? At this yeah, point, yeah. Um, I really didn't have much. I was working um, at Best Buy. And yeah, yeah. I was working... I had worked at a daycare before. I didn't really have that much money, but I really wanted the camera. Mm-hmm. So my dad put it on his credit card, and I would like have monthly payments and just pay him back for it. Yeah. And um, I had, like I said, I had no idea what I was buying. I didn't know the camera, the lens, literally yeah. no idea, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I had my friend model for me, I guess, in my backyard. And okay. like, I want to test out this camera. Yeah. And I, So you're shooting portraits from the beginning too. Oh yeah. It's like ingrained in you. 100%. That's that was so the first thing right away. I'm like, let me take a picture yeah. of somebody. What is it about portraits now? Because, like, I mean, your life is built around you taking portraits for the most part. Um, what is it about portraits, like, now that keeps you still into it? Like, what do you love about shooting portraits in particular? Because some people are scared to shoot portraits. They're, they it's can scary. be they can be quite difficult, to be honest yeah. with you. Something, you look at a very simple portrait and you think, hey, it looks so easy. But mm-hmm. you, when you it's actually not. have the model yeah. in the environment, it can be very difficult. And constrained time and other mm-hmm. people working on set. And there's so many aspects to like the bigger it gets. 
Portraits, I I mean, I love taking portraits. Uh, it's just something, again, taking something so simple mm-hmm. that, that looks simple and, and just, I don't know, just taking it and making it, I don't even know, I don't know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, it's interesting because like it comes so natural, I guess, to you. That's why it's probably like, it's, it's not a concrete thing of like, oh, I like it because this and that. It's just like, I just... I like it. I do it. I love it. It's what I do, right? Like it's, it's, it's your I, thing. I like the. I mean, I just like how portraits look. Like a, it's like you you really get a close up sense of somebody taking their portrait. Yeah. And I mean, you. It's just different because it just feels a little bit more personal. Right. And so, actually, when I first started in photography, one thing that I learned is when I started working with agencies, they really like headshots. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, if you, if you've ever seen like the model boards, you could like, that's what kind of is the selling point for that, you no, know, for, sure. for the 100%. models images, yeah. like their headshots. I'm shots. in LA. I, we, yeah. We got you headshots out here. Left I was shooting headshots. The first time I ever got paid for a photo shoot was for a friend's headshots. That was an actor. So I like, mean, it's all around here. Totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very, very important. And to have a good headshot is mm-hmm. maybe the difference between getting a job and not getting a job because yeah. they see your headshot and they're like, oh, like this looks interesting. For sure. It's the way that, you know, the ph- photographer captures you. And so when I was working with models for the first time, I had really had no idea how important the headshots were. I kind of yeah. was just snapping away. Mm-hmm. And then I had one agent tell me basically like, hey, you know, we... Next, can you ne- next time you get like a couple of headshots, like that would be good. Yeah, because I got a lot of full body all the time. And yeah, like, yeah. I was just taking pictures everywhere. I was all over the place. Yeah. But then I really like focused on doing more and more headshots yeah. for the girls, and then they ended up on the main, like the main board. A lot of the picture would be like of my yeah, the for ones sure. that I took, and like I was like, so website, proud. Right? Yeah, yeah, I was like so proud. I was like, yeah, yeah. my picture made it to like the the main board and for like sure. her main picture. So, yeah, I just, I really like to, they're fun. They're fun. Were you ever worried that you would be categorized as a headshot photographer and that would just be like oh. what you did? You know what I mean? Because there's a difference. I think there's a huge difference. Like you're a headshot photographer or you're a portrait photographer. And I've known and shot with headshot photographers who have either A, ripped me off for headshots or B, just like they're so, they're such a headshot photographer that's all they know. So it's always the same exact look. You're going to, like, you can go on their website and you can just imagine yourself in that same lighting and same location and that's what you get. But, like, for you, like, you're always, like, shooting in different locations with different models and, like, even just your vibe. Like, if I ever saw your shot now, if I look at your shots, I don't think headshot. I think portrait, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm just going off now. No, I think you make a good point because... Actually, I was looking at somebody's uh, Instagram. They did a lot of professional headshots, which I, which I found very interesting yeah. because, I mean, there's there are very specialized genres of photography. I mean, you have like newborn photography, you have family photography. Yeah, there are photographers who specialize just in maternity. I mean, mm-hmm. it's incredible, like how many different genres there are. Yeah, and I think it's you have to just think about what your passion is, what you what you like to to do most. Mm-hmm. You know, with your photography, and for me, I love the fashion aspect of it, and that just ties into like my background working with fashion editorials, and just all always being exposed to it, like seeing all these editorials all the time, and it's just something like I love dressing people up and like doing weird angles and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So that that's just my personal style of photography. I don't think I I would get have that same excitement doing doing headshots. But yeah. I have been asked all of the time. Oh, I'm sure. 
Yeah. And I just have to politely. Say, I don't eh. think pe- I think people take it personally, like, oh, you don't want to take my picture. But at the same time, yeah. it's like I don't I don't want to not give you a thousand percent effort, you know. Right. And I want you to have the best headshot, and you're not gonna. I know you're not gonna get that from me. Like, For no offense, sure. no offense to myself. It's like, just different, right? It's totally different. So how how do you know? Um, cause like you said, there's a lot of different categories of photography, especially now, like even with my own work, like in the last like year and a half to two years, mainly just the last year, I've realized that I've carved out this path of becoming a lifestyle branding photographer for like product photography, even like restaurants, personal branding, but like I'm a branding photographer now. And like, it's always been leading up to that. But a few years ago, I'd never be able to tell you that it just happens. And that just happened organically with the certain clients that I shot with and other brands reaching out to me. But like, how do you know which avenue of photography you want to be in? Like, when does it when does it feel right enough to know that like that's kind of your strong suit? What do you think about that? I think whatever you get most excited to shoot, and you'll yeah. just, you'll just know because I've done literally every everything from I've done newborn photos i've mm-hmm. done family pictures senior pictures engagements yeah. i've done weddings Ooh, scary i've done weddings yeah um i i really like doing weddings i just i find myself thinking so much about fashion photography and like working with models and coming back to la mm-hmm. so i that's how i know that that's my true passion and yeah. that's really what i love to do because i'm constantly thinking about it in the it's always in the back of my head like oh i wonder how this would be if it was like a fashion shot you know what i mean right. so and, you know, I think you have to just go through all of the genres of photography yeah, to kind of know what you For like. Sure. Because how do you know? I wouldn't have known that I didn't like to do, you know, yeah. maybe senior pictures as much mm-hmm. if I didn't, if I didn't actually go it. through. You just got to go through it and Definitely see what agree. you like. Especially if you're starting out, shoot everything. Everything and everything. anything. And then eventually be like, well, I didn't have fun doing that, but I have fun doing this. And then someone will be like, well, then just do that. And you're like, oh my God, it makes so much sense. Wow. Yeah. So I saw a video of yours uh, from uh, probably a year ago and you were a Sawyer Hartman and you were shooting a model silently and then you were shooting a model <laughs> while talking. So just to like kind of give people like a... a a context for that. So like, it's like when you're working with the model, obviously like you kind of got to be vocal and you got to work with them and like kind of let them know like what you're looking for. And it's a collaboration of sorts. And some people shoot with models and they just don't really know what to say. And it can be weird. And that video was so awkward. And like, it was an awesome video, but I felt so uncomfortable because I've been in those situations where like, I was kind of nervous in the beginning to like say certain things or, or whatnot. And I feel like a lot of people have those problems and that scares them from shooting portraits and working with models. Like what are, what are some things that you learned early on, like how to deal with those situations and like how to get, you know, everything you wanted out of somebody when shooting with them? So when I was first shooting senior pictures, I remember it was one of my first photo shoots and it was the girl and her mom. Mm -hmm. And I was taking the pictures, but I wasn't really saying that much to the girl. And then the mom, she took me aside. She's like, Jessica, she's like, I want you to tell my daughter what to do. You're not like, she's no way you need to give her some direction. Yeah. Like, but she was nice take about charge. it. Oh, she was really nice <laughs> about it. She just noticed that I wasn't really saying that much. Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. Jessica, you need to t- like, just tell her what to do because she'll listen to you. You know what I mean? Like, just give her some direction, For you sure. know? Um, yeah, it was, it, it, I think I really needed to hear that because first of all, I still remember it till this day. I don't think 
that a lot of us realize that when we're in in the moment, you know, we, we don't realize what sometimes we're just so caught up in taking the picture that we don't realize to give feedback, to communicate, mm-hmm. that you're also working with another human being that also needs to hear like what you have to say and to know that they're doing a good job. A lot of us just think, oh, she'll know that she's doing a good job. No, yeah. they won't because models doubt themselves just as much as the photographers. You know, For sometimes sure. we'll look at a picture and be like, oh, this is like, is it really that good? Yeah. Just think about the model. Like, what are, yeah. what could they be possibly thinking, you mm-hmm. know? So I just think it's very important to just take a step back and just, you know, give the model some direction. Like, posing, always refine their poses. Just mm-hmm. because they're professionals doesn't mean that they're perfect. Everybody could use a little bit of refinement. Yeah. So I just love to give positive reinforcement. I like to tell the models, like, that they're doing a great job. Yeah. And I like to give them that, them ideas. Mm-hmm. I study a lot of posing and I look at so many editorials and magazines. And so I kind of just, I have it in my head and I'm like, oh, wait, can you just move your arm like this? Or, yeah. Like ye- yesterday I was shooting with a girl and I'm like, oh, can you walk backwards? And she wasn't expecting it. She's like, oh, I'm like, usually just walk forward. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, surprise. We're Do doing you, new things. Do you have like a kind of an arsenal of like five to 10 poses and looks that you always kind of try to start with or just like something... Where if you feel like shit, I kind of don't know what to do mm. in this situation or this lighting. Like, can you do this or that, or do are you always winging it? Are you always just like, ah, grab this, do that, grab that branch, look through this tree? I don't think that you can really pre- prepare for when you're shooting with. Well, for me, anyways, I feel like when I over prepare and I try to like do mm. specific poses. I but I will tell you, I do have like for one, I do the headshot, mm. like the close up headshots. I I always do those. I make sure to get a walking shot. Yeah. Those are like my favorite shots to do, like the models walking like on the street or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like my my two go-to um, like poses. Yeah. And then we'll do, always do a waist up. I love getting like a close waist up shot. And it, I just, I don't like to overthink it. I just like to kind of go with the flow. It really depends on the location, how the lighting is. Yeah. Um, I'll always give the model ideas like, oh, like yesterday I was telling her like, put your hands up. Like, oh, you can grab onto that and then just... I just always refine what they're already doing. Yeah. Um, it's good to just, you, don't think like you have to give the model like a complete pose, like, oh, okay, like you have to structure them. No, for sure. Yeah. It's I almost just better like, not to, but like to give mm-hmm. them the the freedom to just ad lib in the space that you kind of put Exactly. Them. Like give them an yeah. idea. Like you can be like, oh, put your hand up. And then they kind of just take that idea and do their own thing. And that's, I think that's great. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, give them a little bit, give them a little bit and let for them like sure. figure it out. Yeah. What does your life look like like right now? Like while you're traveling around and shooting, like what do these shoots look like? And then also like how do you fit in your YouTube channel within that and making time for videos? Like what's the what's the 2020 Jessica routine? Is oh, there wow. one? Hmm. You know, I just I don't know. That's a good question. What am I doing this year? I really want to focus a lot on doing a lot more agency stuff, maybe like an editorial or two this Mm -hmm. year, traveling, seeing my friends like overseas and making new, new videos and just, I don't know, like coming together with the community a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's so many things that I want to do and I'm just taking it day by day, I think. Yeah. But there are like, uh, you know, I don't know, that's a good question. (laughs) How do you, how are you monetizing your work this year? Is it just YouTube or is it working with models too? So I I have things with sponsors and I mm-hmm. work with brands and everything yeah. um, with on YouTube, um, and then I have my YouTube videos, 
And then I also do weddings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I oh, don't do you do still do weddings? Yeah. A little bit? I do yeah. a little bit of weddings. I did a couple last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last one I did was back in August, but I haven't done anything since mm-hmm. then. Okay. I think I've just really wanted to focus on, like, I wanted to do a little bit more YouTube videos and start, you know, pursuing, like, working with agencies a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and portrait and, and traveling Yeah. Um, and seeing what I can do with that. I mean, yeah. I just want to see what I can do. So when you're traveling to these places, are you going there to specifically shoot certain models and work with different people and make videos like kind of walk me through that process of like all right like when you go out there like what what does your time look like while traveling so i've been to japan about six times mm-hmm. and the first couple times i went strictly to go sightseeing and yeah. you know yeah uh, so it was very touristic the first couple of times mm-hmm. last year actually i made so many new friends and so i yeah we just came, became really good friends like i have like a group of friends like hey guys i know you nice. maybe you're listening to this yeah uh so yeah and they're all photographers some mm-hmm. of them are models it's so nice to meet the photography community in different countries i mean it's incredible like the different types of people mm-hmm. that you meet their stories are awesome yeah. so i just love i love doing the meetups and meeting everybody and hanging out with people and like you know, having the locals show me around mm-hmm. people that live in those countries i think it's important to like really get to know the locals and you know it's just, it's very nice. You get to see it from a different perspective instead of just going as a tourist. Yeah. So I was very fortunate enough to meet so many amazing people in Tokyo through my meetup. I had a photographer's meetup. Yeah. And um, I got to know a little bit more of the community there. And I invited them, some of them to like be in my videos. Like one of my friends, Eva, was in my taking pictures of strangers in Japan. Mm-hmm. I had met her through um, one of my other, she's an, another one of my friends, she's a model and she mm-hmm. had worked with her and we just met up. And so, yeah, we, I go sometimes uh, to, to do certain videos like The Strangers in Japan. I knew I wanted to do it in Japan. Oh, yeah, so good. Thank you so much. Yeah, was that great. was fun. Mm-hmm. So I kind of have like the, the, um, the bigger videos that I want to do in certain places. So I go for that. And then I do like maybe behind the scenes. I try to set up something with a model there. I see um, the models in those countries and I just contact them and mm-hmm. I just set up the shoot. I try to get a videographer if I'm traveling with somebody, I just make them videotape if they want. Yeah, if you guys want. Yeah. Um. So just it, it's 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 pretty simple, honestly. It takes a lot of planning, but yeah, I mean it's not it's not that hard. You just gotta a little bit of effort. You do it all on your own, right? Yes. You, so you don't have like an assistant, I do everything, or an agent, or anything nope. like that. No. Nope. That is so awesome and inspiring. And I feel like <laughs> I feel like a lot of my favorite creators are people that are a one man show. And like I gravitate towards that too. And I'm sure you have people in your life who are like, oh, you got to get someone to help you. It's so much easier. And you're just like, eh, I got this. You know what I mean? There's just something about it. Like you just want, is it because we're selfish? Oh <laughs> do we want God. Do we want full control? It's just hard. Do I? Maybe oh we do. God, Maybe this that's is like why. Very, this is like a therapy session. Like Jessica, do you need all the control? I don't know. What is it about like working solely on your own it's just like create like creating on your own like if you're if you started as a young creator i feel like you for sure were doing it on your own so that's all you know Mm -hmm. so to like now all of a sudden delegate work and things like that she's like no i got it like we have this mentality of like no no no, i got it like i can do it quick and i just got it with everything in life that's me that's honestly me i do i think i depend on myself for everything yeah for certain trips like when i went to i went to japan by myself last year i you know, people, my family was like, you're going by yourself. Completely like, alone. Because no, That's none so of my cool. friends could go with me. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to wait for anybody. I'm just going to go. And That's like, cool. I was kind of terrified to be mm-hmm. honest, but I had friends there and I just, I, I just, I just went and I'm like, I want to just 
you know, work, work and, and see my friends and, um, you know, just live my life and not have to wait for anybody. So it just kind of goes back to, I think it just goes back to my roots. Like I never grew up having a lot of things and mm-hmm. I didn't have people really helping me a lot. Like with my photography, I'm completely self-taught. I didn't have anybody helping me with editing or retouching or mm-hmm. like holding my hand through like, oh, this is how you take your pictures. Like I had to do everything by myself. I would sleep at like four in the morning every day, like just yeah. working on I would. I was obsessed with finding new ways to retouch my work and mm-hmm. edit in color. I mean, it just become became obsessive at that point. But it was like it was so much fun to like learn new techniques and like, oh, I can color my pictures like this. And yeah. here's a new way to take my pictures and direct on. And it was just so much fun. So it just goes back to the just my roots of like it's always just been like me and just I can't depend on anybody but myself as, at times. So right. I just put all my faith in that, even though it's, yeah. it's a struggle. To be honest with you, I probably should get an editor sometimes. Yeah, but. you know, I know, but it's like you—you you get so used to it. So, like, let's say, uh, let's say tomorrow you ended up in the Matrix and you were completely like reborn, but like it's just you still. I didn't watch that movie. You never watched it. I never okay, watched. So the Matrix. Keanu Reeves, like, he's essentially oh. like goes into this world where like he's like his own different person. Anyways, if you woke up tomorrow and <laughs> like. Everything other than like all your skills were completely stripped from you, right? Like, let's say your Instagram, YouTube, like everything just for you is oh, gone. Oh, you can take it. It's gone. And, it's you, good. and you get a new name and no one knows who you are. How would you grow a new brand right now? I would, I would just do the same thing as before. I just yeah. do the tutorials and the challenges. I would reach out to people. I reach out to everybody, even though I think I'm going to be rejected. I mean, I. It's surprising. Sometimes people do respond. Like pe- mm-hmm. like models who I thought would never get back to me, like sometimes they they agree to work with me. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So reaching out is key. So reaching out is mm-hmm. key because I hear so many people say like, oh, like they would never work with me or, oh, I don't know. I can't get this person to collaborate. Like, mm-hmm. well, have you tried reaching out? You know? Yeah. So I think that's just the first step is putting yourself out there, which a lot of us don't want to do, I, which is totally understandable. Like, yeah. I don't like being rejected. Mm-hmm. It, I just try not to take it personally. Right. You're going to face rejection in your life. Mm-hmm. You just, it happens and you just move on to the next. Yeah. Because for every 50 people that say no, there's one person who's going to say yes. And you just, yeah. you got to get through the 50 no's. That's good. Because there's, there's a lot of people that, especially now, I mean, every year that goes on, it's especially even more that year and that year. But like people want to be able to do this. And they want to be able to like make a living, taking photos, doing videos, being on YouTube. And it's not easy. And I bet you get so many questions from people on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Like, hey, like, how do I make it in this? And how do I do it? And, you know, that's why hearing, like, what you would do if tomorrow you had to start completely fresh. Like, it's essentially the same. Like, you would just grind, meet people, try to become more involved in the community. You know, I would just keep trying to, like, shoot and shoot and shoot and figure out what you like and figure out what you don't like and then go all in on the the stuff that you do want to shoot. Because if you shoot a bunch of weddings, you don't really love shooting wedding photography, you're going to get pigeonholed to only being a wedding photographer. Yeah, that's very you true. Know? Yeah. And I did weddings for so long. And I, I still enjoy doing them. I might, you know, pick it back up again and, and yeah. do that in the future. Um, but I think it's just having, first of all, just being like a nice, genuine person with your clients and with others. Mm-hmm. I think that's number one, just being a nice person and doing right by your business. I mean, I'm just, I'm hearing all the stories about like contracts gone wrong, deposits that, you know what I mean? And yeah. just yeah, so I've many issues. Yeah. That. And I think it's so important for us to talk about that. And I feel like you just got to do right by your clients. Like I, I had a client who booked me for a wedding. She paid a deposit 
Um, it was over a thousand dollar deposit, you know. Mm-hmm. And in my contract, I have like, hey, you don't get your the deposit is non refundable because I'm holding your date. You know, she a couple months later she messaged me. She's like, hey, like the wedding, like we're not it's basically it's not happening. Oh no. And um, first thing I told her is, okay, I'm gonna send you your deposit back. Yeah. It's you good. know, it didn't it didn't even cross my mind like, oh well, no, sorry, like mm-hmm. you can't, you know, because yeah. I already held your date. No, it's good. It's just, but you're a level-headed, normal person. I want because I do things that I would want people to. I would want people to treat me in that way too. You know, I just yeah. try to. I just try to be a good person all around, and just you got to be a person first and foremost. I think a lot of us just jump into the business aspect of it, which is very important, and just I think we're just focusing on all of the wrong things at its core. It just all about being a good person and, and doing business the right way. Yeah. And being like willing to give a little bit or at least like to be really cool exactly. with some situations. Yeah, right? Or yeah. like even like give deals every once in a while. Exactly. Like if you shoot an hour less than what you budgeted for and what you proposed to and them, like okay. give them a hundred bucks off or whatever it may be, you know? Exactly. I yeah. think clients appreciate it. They have a good experience with you. Yeah. They tell their friends. And yeah. their friends want to book you. Yeah, exactly. You know, okay, like, yeah, yeah maybe I, you know, yeah, I did, you could say I lost $1,000, whatever you may want to say, but mm-hmm. I made that plus more through my other good client experiences. Sure. Yeah. And my reputation speaks for itself, like, mm-hmm. in that aspect. So I think a lot of us, again, are just losing sight. What's all about, some of us just want to make money and it's, mm-hmm. you got to take a step back and just see it as, you know, the experience that you have with your client is just as important as the pictures you're giving them. I'm right. not saying like don't don't take bad pictures, like give them good pictures. Yeah. But let's say that, you know, you take the best photos for somebody, but you were a complete jerk to them. Mm-hmm. They're no, not gonna exactly. recommend it yeah. to your friends. You yeah. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just I think again, we're just missing that aspect, like just having a good experience with our with our you know, especially like weddings, like you yeah. want your brides to be happy. Like For it's their sure. wedding day. You yeah. want to make their their time easy. You want to be helpful. Like I hold the bouquet, I hold the dress. I had a. Did you see the video where um, it was? It started raining. I literally mm-hmm. gave. I was like putting my jacket over the bride. I yeah. got soaked. <laughs> I didn't even think twice about it. you know my yeah. camera's wet and everything. I no, didn't even think it's, twice it's about so it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Like if you want a long career doing this and like a long freelance life. That's what you got to do. You got to be cool because people will book you even sometimes more so than how good you are because they know that you're a good person and they want to be around you. And they have they know that they're going to have a fun experience with you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you pick somebody who just has like good pictures or one of your friends is saying like, oh, I had the best time. She's so funny. She's so cool. You have to book her. Blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Of course, the person who's not like, you know, that... Your friend is saying she had this great experience with like, yeah, of yeah, course, 100%, you know, yeah. it's, it, and even if you're a little bit more introverted, it doesn't mean you have to like go out of your way to like say something, you know, and like mm-hmm. do this whole like charade. You can still be yourself. Just be polite, be helpful. Yeah. Like just, yeah, you know, just be, be a nice person. Just be nice. So back to the contracts, cause man, this is a, it's just, okay. How I contract is bad. I. And I want to know, like, what's the line of, for one, like, needing to make a contract? Like, do you think that you always, no matter what you're shooting, need to put something on paper? Because what I do, I always send a proposal no matter what, for the most part, unless it's a recurring client, which I have a few. If they're like, hey, like, next Tuesday, can you do it two hours? And, like, we already have a price figured out. We just know it. I'm not going to send them a proposal for every shoot. But if it's a new client, they get a proposal. 
they never get a contract. They never sign a contract because in my head, I know you're going to, you're going to whip me into shape for sure. (laughs) But in my head, if it ever comes back to legal things, we have a proposal that they agreed on in email. They're like, okay, cool. We're good. And that's all I can, you know, I'll be able to show that. But what do you think when it comes to like how small a job could be? Does it matter? Do you think there always has to be something in writing? Okay. I have to preface this by saying I'm not a lawyer. Okay, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. No, this is just... Yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, you just want to always make sure that you protect yourself and you protect your clients. Yeah. Um, and you can do that in a number of ways, but I think the most effective way is to have it in writing. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the times I'll get messages from people, even now I'll get DMs from people, and it's terrible hearing their stories like, oh, I have a client who, you know... She doesn't like the picture. She she doesn't want to give me the deposit or like she's not paying me for this. And mm-hmm. she said that she doesn't like the picture, so she's not going to pay me. Like, oh, that's crazy. All different. Yeah. I hear every type of story from yeah. people. And it just comes down to the fact of what what was discussed prior, what was agreed to prior. To right. That. Yeah. Because you can prevent so many issues just by having a contract and just discussing it before any of it happens, you know? Right. How much is an extra picture? Do you know? Do the clients know? Mm-hmm. Do the clients agree to the amount of the extra picture? Do yeah. they like the amount? Yeah. Like, do they? Is it okay that you advertise with their photos? Um, maybe, like, if you want to use their picture in like a book or something, like, are they okay with that? Like, what do the terms say? What are the terms? Mm-hmm. It just comes down to what are the clients aware of and what are what are they not aware yeah. of? Yeah, you always protect yourself. You try to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of clauses in my contract about like. Especially shooting weddings, you know, you, um, my lawyer actually told me to have this in there. Like, if I bump into something and it breaks, like, a, if I bump into the cake and it falls and something, like, I'm not responsible for that. Like, little stuff like that, you yeah. know. Um, definitely, my lawyer said to have in there. So, it's it's just being professional and having those terms written out, how much money is owed prior to the photo shoot, how much money is owed after. Mm-hmm. Money can be a very touchy subject for some people. Yeah. Um, some clients may be like, hey, I'm not paying you until we get this, this, this. If, if you had a contract and you discussed it prior, you could be like, hey, well, you know, that's not what we agreed to in the contract. Like they would know that the contra- what the contract states and kind of, it just kind of like is a preventative measure. It just puts you guys both on the same page. And it's better than just like having a surprise. Like a client comes to you and is like, hey, well, I want 500 pictures, extra pictures. Yeah. Like, what are you supposed to do at that point? You know, you want to make sure you have your bases covered Mm -hmm. and you talk about because after the fact, after the photo shoot, you already invested all this time and energy and you kind of just feel like you're. Oh, yeah, you get like stretched way too much. Exactly. For sure. How do you feel about this? Actually, came up for me recently. And like, I used to have a strict no raw photo thing. But once again, when you don't put it in a proposal or contract and the client comes back and says, hey, can I see the raws? Like, yeah, I want to be like, no, you can't. But, like, they didn't know that they couldn't, I guess. I figured it was just kind of known. But it's not. It's not always known, right? So I had a client come to me, ask for all the RAWs. And I was like, I will. I can't give you all the RAWs. There's no way. But I can give you some selects. And you can choose from those. And it still felt weird doing that because I'm so against that. And then you also have clients that are like, oh, well, you know, since I'm getting the RAWs, now I can just have them and go give them to people to edit. There's so many scary things about that. How do you feel about how do you feel about giving off like or giving raw photos and things like that? Yeah, I've been asked that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have a specific paragraph for 
the use of raw files and I yeah. just basically don't just don't give them out for right. any reason. All the selects come through you. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. You, they will only yeah. get retouched pictures. Yeah. I mean, every photographer is different. Some people give out the raw pictures, some don't. I mean, I leave it up to you guys. Yeah. And it's just everybody has a different way of running their business. Mm-hmm. And just, the way that I like to do it is just to make sure things are discussed prior to a photo shoot. It's just more professional. Yeah, just conversation. Less stress. Like mm-hmm. you'll feel a lot more secure in what you're doing. You'll feel more confident yeah. because all the terms are discussed. You don't have to worry about like, for instance, if you're shooting a wedding and let's say you stay a, an extra two two hours. Yeah. Let's say you didn't discuss that before, mm-hmm. but you stayed an extra two hours. And then after the wedding, you're feeling antsy like, oh, like I stayed extra two hours. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we going to do? Like, yeah. I need to be paid for this. You, If you had a contract stating how much... Was it was per extra hour? You wouldn't yeah. even have to be stressing out about it, you know. Right. If you don't, then that's a really awkward, maybe uncomfortable conversation to have with a newly married couple who's felt trying to celebrate their honeymoon, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're waiting sure. on your money, and so, it, like I said, it's just a preventative thing that is just gonna be so helpful to you. Yeah. It's gonna be more professional. Your clients are gonna be happier because they're gonna. Be like, wow, she really is organized and has this laid out and seems really professional and we don't have to worry about things, you know. So it's good for both parties to have a contract. Yeah. Um, I do understand for different scenarios, like it may be different. Um, I can't really say, honestly, like for every certain type of job. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about how you have certain clients, like little little projects here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it really is... Like it's hard for me to say. It's yeah, no, it's just it's it's because it's different for everyone. It's almost like too like yeah. when people say like, how much do I charge for a shoot? It's like mm-hmm. every single shoot is different, you know. Yeah. So like you just have to build these parameters, and you work around them, and clients work around them, and like everything's gonna change from yeah. shoot to shoot, and contracts might change from shoot to shoot. I would say if you're exchanging money, have a contract. Yeah. If there's an exchange of goods, anything like if you're. Doing a photo shoot, like as I said, especially yeah. for money, just have a contract. Just be safe. You know, you. I've been to court before for. Oh yeah. You know, I had to. Uh, somebody didn't pay me for a wedding that I did. This is before I became a professional photographer, by the mm-hmm. way. This is before I was even doing photography. But yeah. I took somebody to court and I lost because I didn't have a contract. Mm-hmm. It was her word against mine, and I lost. And I had to pay the court the court fees and everything. I had to drive over there, do Jeez. everything, and I just lo- I lost. And I did. Yeah. She had the pictures from the wedding. She got everything. So it's kind of like yeah. It was a very it was a lesson learned yeah. to be honest with you. After that, I got a contract mm-hmm. in my professional business, and I never had one issue since. That's good. That's I'm really good. good. Yeah, yeah, and like you just got to be careful too, like where you're getting this work from. If you're posting on Craigslist all day to work with people, True. half of the time you're probably going to get weird clients that like take all your money and run, or the opposite, or take all your photos and run. So like. Be conscious about where you book stuff. I'm not saying you book stuff on Craigslist, yeah, yeah. but like there's also like good comfortable ways to like know a client, like have referrals and you know this person knows that person, so you're safe. You know? Yeah. What are some things that you want people to take away from this or if they're trying to make this work, like what are what are just some like things that can help people, you know, get out there a little bit more, show their work off a little bit more, like be a part of the community a little bit more, just all these people that want to, you know, do what you're doing. Like what, what kind of things would you try to focus on? I would say reach out to people and don't be afraid to be uncomfortable sometimes Mm -hmm. in terms of like socializing with other, you know, people, photographers, models, makeup, hair, just put yourself out there, like the especially the strangers in Japan, strangers in Korea. I did 
I went to Lebanon. I took pictures of strangers. I was so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, like, halfway through and towards the end of the video, I was so excited. I was like, I'm so happy I did that. There's people I would never have met had I not done these projects and these challenges. And I'm just very grateful. I'm glad that I went out of my comfort zone. So I would say just do things that, yeah, maybe you might be a little bit uncomfortable, but I feel like, you know, that's when sometimes you, you do your best work when you your back's against the wall. You just, For sure. Yeah, so just take a little bit of a leap of faith and yeah. see what you get. Would you... Would you- recommend quitting your day job to jump into this like where's the good even balance of wanting to you know be a creator but also like still working at best buy wherever it is yeah like, you know how do you balance that when so, when's the time to jump in i mean i worked two jobs plus photography you did so yeah. you were you were like grinding hard I was. until you couldn't do the other stuff anymore. That's my story too. I struggled so much. Yeah. And like I said, I mean my I was financially independent. I mean for like my parents, like we like I said we're my family we immigrated here and so well not we, but my my mom and dad immigrated yeah. here, but it it's not like we had a lot of money, we didn't have a lot of things, so it's just yeah, I had to work for everything I had. I mean, all of my lenses, all of my gear, I, I bought with my own money. Yeah, and I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have enough to upgrade. So like while everybody had like the newest camera, mm -hmm. I would still have like the Mark II. It, I mean, it was fine. Like it was it's still an expensive camera, but yeah. like you see other people like no, for sure. the There's newest gear. With the I was just stuff. I was just not able to ever do that, and it never yeah. bothered me because I was still able to get the pictures that I wanted with the Mark II, and I just I, that's why I always say like you can. Use what you have because I literally, that's all I had. I had this one lens, I had this one camera, and that's all I got, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so that's why in my videos you'll kind of see that's like a premise for a lot of them. Like you can use basic, simple mm -hmm. lighting materials. You can yeah. use like simple props and make something cool. It's yeah. just kind of like you don't feel like you need all this money. Don't feel like you need the fanciest, newest camera yeah. with 100 megapixels and 8K video, all that stuff. Don't feel like you need to do that to be a good photographer. Yeah, just because you buy like a Lambo doesn't mean you're a good driver. Exactly. You can get whatever and like it's all about you. It's you about know? you as a photographer. That's why we do the challenges. Yeah. And that's a lot of the videos that I make is just to showcase that because I can sit here and tell you that all day long, but when you actually see it mm -hmm. and you see the comparisons and you see like, oh, she's using like a garbage can and she's making it look yeah. good, you know, <laughs> yeah. that convinces people For more sure. than just like preaching and, and giving like a long speech and a lecture, you know? Yeah. So it just, it's a little bit more, um, it just, it convinced, like, what do I say? Like, well, how do I say it? What? It, it proves the point a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, it proves the point. It's attainable. Like it makes it, it makes you a real human doing this. I don't know. I, get, I totally get it. Because there are people on YouTube that are like, oh, yeah, this is how you do it. And you look at their, like, closet or their warehouse studio, and it's like, all right, you have, like, $75,000 worth of gear. Oh, my gosh. You know, things like that. That's not so, me. No, I know. Yeah. I mean, geez, my gear closet's the size of this couch. Um, but, yeah, you can, you know, shoot with what you have, and you can still, like, you can still do it with that gear. Like, you can still make money doing this. You can still become a YouTuber. Yeah. Whatever you're trying to do, like, you can do it with a thousand bucks. Like if you have a thousand dollars and you want to commit to this, like you can essentially do any of this as long as you aren't aren't weird. You contract, I'm weird? right? What do you mean? Well, I'm no, 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 no. Aren't like, I know, I know. You, know you gotta be someone that like people like to be around. And you also gotta be someone that's like driven and determined and you aren't gonna like get your feelings hurt if you feel like you aren't progressing as fast as you want, because everyone's on their own timeline. 
And that's important to remember because there's a lot of people that are, you know, gigantic on different platforms and it's discouraging to people for sure. But everyone's on their own timeline. So if you kind of go into it with that and think about patience more than just like, give me everything now, like the patience will better suit you as a creative every single day of the week. Oh, for sure. And you make a good point about the comparisons with other photographers because I hear that so often. Yeah. Oh, look at this photographer. They have like 500,000 followers and they're doing this. And I mean, look what I'm doing. I'm like, you can't compare your journey to theirs. I mean, it's so... it's. It's just not comparable. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to be realistic with ourselves. Everybody's different. Everybody has their, like, we all succeed in different things at different times. And it's just not fair to yourself to, comp- you know, like, think about the the biggest, like, photo shoots. They have, like, assistants setting up the lights. Mm-hmm. You know, they have people who, like, check white balance and the professional stylists and the professional hair, yeah. professional models in this, in this like, $5,000 a day studio. Oh, and yeah. It's like you're comparing yourself to that. Yeah. That's not even, you're not even giving yourself a chance. Mm-hmm. It's not fair at all. So just be re- realistic with yourself. Give yourself time to grow. It's okay to fail. It's okay to take bad pictures. I take bad pictures all the time. Yeah. I don't let that get to me. I mean, sometimes like low key, I know <laughs> I annoy myself when I do that sometimes. Yeah. Like, why it's did I good. do that? It, yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll change that on the next one. I guess one. I'll suck less the next time, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the best way to, to get better. I'll be so. less terrible the next <laughs> photo shoot. But I mean, we just, we do one bad photo shoot and we're like, no, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm over photography. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have like a thousand bad photo shoots and you're going to have a thousand bad pictures and yeah. maybe even more. But then you're just going to, if it's truly what you're passionate about, it's not going to matter. You're going to have so much fun. Like, yeah, I did. Being it. terrible at all the photo shoots, you yep, know? So for sure. just enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. That's what I would say to everybody out there. Sweet. Don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah. And don't compare it's yourself fun. to other people. Yeah, no, I know. A lot of people do. I do sometimes, still, Listen, every once look, in a while. Like, it real talk, I so yeah. do I every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Not every day. <laughs> every sometimes. day, all the time. I'm just always comparing <laughs> right, no, myself, I'm comparing to, myself to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, well, thank you. You're awesome. You're really good at what you do. You. I'm glad that you do it because you inspire Thank a lot of people. Thank you so much. And you, you know, you have a you have a really cool voice about all of this. Thank you. Yeah. So thanks for coming on here. Can you let people know if they don't already know, like how to find you on YouTube and Instagram and your website and anything? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jessica Kubasi. Mm-hmm. Just Google that. And yeah. Then, I mean, not like not like oh Google me like I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> like if you, that's the name. Put in Jessica K O B and then everything will come up. Yeah. You're like, yeah, if you do Jessica K.O., I know this because I was really? doing some research. Jessica K., the second you hit O, your no. name is like the first one that comes up. No way. It I is made way. it to the K.O. You made it to the K.O.'s. <laughs> one I mean, day, wait till it's Jessica, and then it's you, and then Simpson oh right my, underneath it. Oh, no. <laughs> Jessica Alba? Oh, yeah. Alba. Not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to make it that far. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did we say what it is? Oh, yeah. Ch- yeah, for everything. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, Jessica Cabasi. Yeah, and then your website. Yeah, it's all the yeah, same. Just yeah, like, yeah. JessicaCabasi.com. I'm, I'm really like unprofessional when it comes. I'm just I like, like yeah, site. I just like go. You have a Thank good you site. so much. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. That'll do it, guys. You can check out Jessica's work at jessicacobasi.com. You can check out her Instagram, her YouTube as well and everything else if you just use the Google thing. Uh, you can say hey to us at Darkroom. You can say hey to me at Dane Diener. Once again, special thank you to Epidemic Sound for having us in their studio. There's going to be more to come from that in the future. So we will see you guys soon. We appreciate you, and we will see you next time.